Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, a weekly look at the world of hockey with your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. Tibbet has the question. I had the question. I participated in the show. Yay! <laughs> Woo! You get a participation um, sticker. I do. Um, what rule would you change and or add to make the NHL more interesting? Off the wall. Just some completely random thing you think would make the NHL more interesting. I guess I'll go first. Um, I would bring back no forward passing. So <laughs> everything looks like a power play, mm-hmm. essentially. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man, rugby. Rugby on ice. Mm-hmm. The sheer frustration from the players would just be entertaining. <laughs> it's like, what? I can't fast forward anymore? What? Yep. There you go. You know some you know some smarty pants coach would figure out a way around it, right? To shoot everything at the net. Well, I mean that's ultimately what they would end up doing, yeah. Well, see, that's just it. Yeah. Is it a forward pass if I'm facing a different direction? (laughs) Are are, are we going to have to have linesmen basically skating in line with the player with the puck at all times to determine, you know, sort of like an NFL fancy word for an official who makes sure, you know, there's nothing but a lateral. It's either a forward pass or it's a pitch back when people are running the ball. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just rugby. So right? There's <laughs> Every, because it's hockey, right? Everyone just sort of lines up and they hit each other and someone drops the pass. It's one ladder play with another ladder play. I mean, like you said, Cassie, it's pretty much, or like you said, Pretty much just every power play entry run right now. I would also ban dump and chase, but that's just my personal like quirk. I hate dump and chase. Hate it. Hate it. You're no fan of the pucks in deep? Gotta get pucks in deep? (laughs) No. It for life. Carry the damn puck into the zone. Come on now. You're big boys. You can do it. I believe in you. That's all I got. What do you have, Pat? So I have to pick one, huh? No one said that. Um, <laughs> all right, then there's, let's there's... let's 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 start the chain reaction then. Oh, this is... Goalies must play the puck after they make a save. They must put it back in the field of play. Like now, in order, to, in order to do that, you have to make the crease a safe space. You mean enforce it? <laughs> or go back to the rule where you cannot enter the crease. So what would happen, goalie, let's say, just for argument's sake, goalie makes a glove save, 
they would have three or four seconds to place the puck on the ice in the crease where no one can even enter with a stick so that they can make some sort of outlet pass that you can, you know, you can have three attacking players all in front of you, but you have to get the puck out of the crease one way or the other, whether he's the goalie skates it out or passes it out. So it's a little bit of basically because there are just too many stoppages of play during the game. Oh, I'm I'm going full outdoor lacrosse on this. Okay, <laughs> that is that is the precise rule. As you goalie makes a save, he has three seconds to exit the crease, and then there's a bunch of other you know time restraints for you know the attacking team to get the ball down the other end of the field which would be near impossible to enforce in, in hockey because um, we have these pesky little things called face-offs that I think that are secret, secretly ruining the game. <laughs> it's all a conspiracy, so, isn't it? It is. Oh, Face-offs yeah. are just a conspiracy. So in, or- so in order to pull this whole thing off, we're going to make the crease a wacky shape. If you were to Google or Yahoo or Bing Dodeca, or Dodecahedron or, or, or go ask Jeeves uh, what the National <laughs> Lacrosse League crease looks like. Netscape. Dog pile. <laughs> Sorry. Um, AOL? <laughs> not even when, no. 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 Let's not get, let's not no. get crazy now. <laughs> I mean, people still have the email addresses. I didn't know if they they still had the service. Um, Let's not get sidetracked. We're talking about creases, yes. Creases. Sidetrack. Right now, the crease is a little little over six feet wide. Bring back, back a semicircle and make it nine feet wide. Let's just really piss off all the offensive players. So you have a Venn diagram down in the off, in the zones, right? Yeah. Two face-off dots in the goalie circle. Uh, did you say Venn- two face? Did Did you say two face-off dots? Oh, am I hearing another rule change coming, Mr. Clark? Oh, you might be. I I think we should restrict it to one. That's <gasps> centered. Center ice. I like center that. ice. Just just line up. Th- there are three face-off circles. I would love to get it down to two, but that's never going to happen. Two face-off circles moved kind of into the middle middle of the offensive zone after the well. You're just going to remove the goal line altogether. Move the net and the crease up closer to the, to center ice by ten feet. So there, there's your concession. All right, you make this bigger, safer space for the goalies. Well, now you give the offensive players more room to turnstile all the defenders behind the net. So now looking down from the top of the ring, rank, it looks like an Audi logo. You've just got four circles. <laughs> uh, no, three. Th- think, think, think a basketball court where you have... I'm going to hope that 99% of the face-offs happen at center ice from this point on. 
The only about, time to attack. How about you just do away with all the face-off circles, and whenever there's a face-off, it has to always be at center ice. I love it. And maybe, maybe instead of even having face-offs, let's say on a power play, there's designated spots on the ice where the offensive team just has the puck and starts with possession. Like basketball where you throw it in? Yep. Or uh, have you heard of the sport lacrosse? <laughs> or that too. <laughs> so basically just make it lacrosse on ice. That's all you're saying here. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Because okay. their goal is whenever their play comes to a halt, they want things to start up almost immediately. <laughs> oh, and did I mention that all changes must now be on the fly? You can't do it at stoppages of play. Oh, God, this is chaos in hell. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> now, are you sure you, are you sure you still want them on the ice? <laughs> Do we still want them skating? See the fact that he's pausing. oh no, I, I just want all the adults to go home and let the kids play. <laughs> I just want the all day. the adults to go home or shut up and then let the kids. That's all. Just throw a puck out there and let them go crazy. Instead of, oh my god, like yeah, face-offs now kind of feel like uh, football players lining up for a, a snap where everyone has to be lined up in this exact spot, and then there's like 47 different rules for how the procedure should go down, and, and if everyone can't, you know, come to an agreement on that, we got to stop, talk about it, you know, maybe we have to back some people up, and it's just like, Face-offs aren't as important as we think they are. We overinflate them so much. You're taking the adult out of the fun. (laughs) Exactly. Now you're getting it. Adults, they love process. They love rules. They love love meetings. What? They love having meetings. What? To discuss things. Adults rule in in life is basically to justify their own existence because kids don't need them. Adults. They they really don't. Yeah, you don't need. Well, no, you make up rules I mean, when you're a kid. So everything's yes. always changing. I'm just gonna say Lord of the Flies. Okay. Yes. I'll leave it there. Yeah. Lord of the Flies or Calvin Ball. Let Let's just change the rules as we go. <laughs> as long as two parties agree to it. Okay. No. No. It... No. I know. We have we have a set of rules, a big set of rules, and then at the beginning of every game. Both team or before every game starts, both teams have to agree on what set of rules they want to use. Pick it, you know, cherry picking, and then they okay. use that set of rules to play the game. That's that's just baseball. That's that's effectively just baseball because you know, okay, in this stadium, this is considered a ground rule double. This is considered fair. This is considered foul. This is uh, right. baseball. Let's, let's do plotting. That. But let's do it intentionally instead of. Well, this is a different stadium, so we're going to do it differently. No, I want the stadium. God, were you not listening to me last week? <laughs> what? What were I you want, saying? What? I want Who those are you stadium back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm the guest host this week. Crazy Patrick. Super crazy Patrick's not here. 
I uh, want the insane stadiums back. To well, hell with your. <laughs> so, in, in in answer to my own question, because that's how this show works, um, I want crazy stadiums back. <laughs> I so want each team mi- can make their make up their own their own uh, 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 dimensions for their rink. However, they minimum. You said a minimum. You said a maximum. Oh, okay. You said a minimum and you said a maximum. How they choose to implement is entirely up to them. Oh, yeah, I I know exactly how each team would choose to implement them. They'd all do it the same. (laughs) They'd all choose the minimum because how many more seats can we cram in? Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you did it with tiny little rinks. No, 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 no. You think about it because little bit of rinks. You think about I mean, the, the multi, you think about the multi-purpose facilities, right? Not mm-hmm. every arena is built exclusively for hockey. 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 Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, you'd you'd find some chaos in there. <laughs> not, not nearly as much as if we just turned into lacrosse on ice, because that would be epic. <laughs> that's like fifteen. That's like just. That's a seven-layer burrito with 15 layers of awesome crammed into it. um, In other news, Uh I did something I hadn't done in 20, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30 30 some odd years. I went over to Olympic View Ice Arena out here in Mount Lake Terrace, which, as we all know, is the home of one... TJ Oshi. It's really not. Um, <laughs> I went. I was meandering around yesterday morning before I had a couple of appointments to attend to and just decided to swing on by as I was in the area. And as is recent conversations, and there, I think there's a book called Before the Lights Go Out by Sean Fitzgerald, which came out not too long ago. Haven't had a chance to read it. Um, But he was on the Steve Dangle podcast and was sort of, they asked him the questions, lamenting questions about um, hockey participation with kids. And he was, they got into the subject of the um, new initiatives that Hockey Canada pushed out for their youth programs, which is you don't play full ice, you subdivide it up to a certain age, you subdivide the ice in in three and so forth. And I was absolutely gobsmacked to walk into Olympic View Ice Arena and see the rink subdivided into three sections. They had the little portable bumpers set up at the blue lines. And in the neutral zone, they had kids in there that that a couple of coaches were working on them with skating and sort of puck handling. You know, you could see these were somewhat new kids to hockey. And then on the other two ranks, kids were just effectively playing a little bit of shinny. They had the little net inside the big net. So to score, you had to sort of pick those corners, you know, somewhere above. You couldn't just slide it in because the little net effectively fits perfectly inside the big net on the bottom and then it caves in on the sides and you've got, you know, basically from four and a half, five inches on up 
just a little rim around a full-size net where that's where you got to shoot to score. So I was teaching these kids, you know, how to get the puck up and and sort of get a little bit of accuracy in their shooting. And they were just, you, God, it was just wildly entertaining to watch because the grins were just massive. And it was just a little four-on-fours. Four-on-fours, I think, on one side, and then there were three-on-threes on the other, you know, no goalies. And it was just, oh, that's what hockey needs to be. Because I remember going to that rink again a long time ago and watching effectively the same program and kids laboring up and down the ice, you know. They're kids, yes, they have an infinite amount, infinite amounts of energy, but not for a full-size hockey rink. <laughs> and, it, you know, to continue on with the conversation that they had with, with Fitzgerald, it was just, and I know this has been beaten into the ground, but it was just fun to see it in, in person, how many more touches, how much more passing was going on because you couldn't just skate away from a kid who couldn't, you know, you, you had a confined space to work and dangle and sort of build skills and, and engage the rest of your team with. And I know Pat's just sitting there not, you know, if your head's, you know, is still attached to your body, Pat, from just nodding at, <laughs> at the pace and ferocity that you are, I, I, I can appreciate it. My neck is really sore, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But it was just, you know, it was so fun. And I'll be honest, I felt a little creepy because <laughs> I didn't have a kid there. Mm. And, you know, I wanted to take a picture of it, but I'm like, hmm, 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 hmm. you know, it might be a little stalkery. <laughs> some, some random guy walks in from off the street, just starts watching and taking pictures of kids playing hockey. I just, you know felt a little weird because I wouldn't want anybody doing that with my kid. Damn it. That's new father in me, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God. Yeah, so I... So did you look up USA Hockey and what their recommendations were? That is that is and, USA Hockey's Rex. Yeah. Yeah. And there is way, way less pushback in it. Uh at least down here in the States as compared to, you know, Ontario, which was another part of that interview. Uh, Oh yeah. So if anybody listening, put us on pause, go listen to the episode. It was last Wednesday's episode. I don't know what the date is last November, something with Sean Fitzgerald and skip forward about 20 minutes for them to get out of the Don Cherry stuff. It was fantastic to listen to, how just insane some of those parents are that they've created rogue leagues that allow kids to play on full ice. (laughs) Because that's what they think hockey is supposed to look like. And that's the biggest problem with the game in general is everyone tries to mimic things after the NHL where it should be changes from the youth leagues on should be forcing change, you know, to the big league. Yeah. Well, we and you, just, you need to start building up skills to get there instead of everybody expecting to throw them out there and them to play like NHLers. Yeah, knowing what offsides is and what icing is is not a skill. Right. <laughs> knowing the rules helps. <clears throat> Find me a player that knows all the rules. 
knowing right. the basic rules, you got plenty of time to learn offsides and icing. They are not that complicated, but they don't really help you learn how to catch a pass or, God right. forbid, shoot a puck. Or, or, whoa, skate. <gasps> skate in something other than a long, contiguous line. What are you talking about? That's Watching all those... skating is. I, I want to see player go from point A to point B as fast as they can. Uh, you know, no matter what their age, anything else. God, it, it was just, it was fun just to watch those kids learning their edges, learning turns, learning that. You know, we there used to be that old he can stick handle in a phone booth, you know, mentality. And that's where it comes from. Those tight quarter games where you had to learn to do that kind of stuff. Well, here's the other thing is, it, is so many people in the ice belt like to wax nostalgic about is, you know, backyard rinks, which are small, which is where a lot of players... GMs, coaches like to tell stories about, well, that's how I learned how to skate and that's how I learned how to do this. And <clears throat> and you can't, the only way to mimic that on a full-size rink is to make the rink smaller just somehow. Say, just say it. Hockey men. <laughs> just say hockey men when you hockey say men. Hockey men. I don't like acknowledging them. <laughs> They get enough attention. They don't need me to be like, oh, yeah, those guys. Oh, God, seriously. <clears throat> so, yeah, and with the – you don't get a lot of that anymore. Like, you know, the whole commentary of, well, it doesn't get cold enough in these places for lakes to freeze over, ponds to freeze over, and people skate. And it's like, how many people actually do that anymore? Everybody goes to the rink. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised that that's a recommendation from USA Hockey that let's start let's start mimicking backyard rink play by splitting up the rink into three parts. Yeah, just give me just give me a bunch of little games of shinny that these kids can drop in. I mean, you don't just drop in, obviously, but. They show up for practice and they rotate them. They were rotating them in and out of these scrimmage games. You know, they they bring them. They bring in one set of kids to the center and have them work on some skills and let the other kids go for 15, 20 minutes. Just you know, full tilt. Nobody keeping score, obviously. Except except for the kids. Yeah. Except for the kids. Except for the adults. Well, no, but things are moving so fast. And the adults are all, all fixated on their individual kids that they're not watching the actual game. Or their phones or their coffee. Yeah. Or their dogs so, is what I saw. So in theory, they could be, but, I mean, the kids know. Right. And, and that's, you know, that's the beauty of it. The kids know, but do they care? I mean, is it, is it, a, is it a matter of rubbing it, rubbing it in someone else's face, or is it a matter of pride? Because they're two different things. Oh, it's totally pride because they right. they got to be ready to celebrate when they get their third. Yeah. Mom, I got a hat trick. I got a hat trick. Did you see mom? I got a hat trick. You know. Good on you, bud. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, just watching them let him go for 10, 15 minutes and blow the whistle and they'd rotate out and let him go some more. And so the, the reason I was, I started with the whole TJ Oshie thing is they have this big, huge shadow box tributary section set aside to TJ Oshie, which has a bunch of TJ Oshie signed um, memorabilia sitting in it. And I just have to sit there and laugh because <laughs> I think he was there for six months. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But of course, it says home of TJ Ocean. I'm going, he's not from there. <laughs> Everyone wants to claim him. Oh, no, we've got an NHLer from this area. No, you really don't. <laughs> you really, really, I love you guys. No, you really don't. Tyler Johnson, that's about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's from the other side of the state, kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I just, I, I, I get stuck on that one because I love watching people from San Jose area goes uh, try and lay all the claim to Austin Matthews just because he was born there. Mm-hmm. Now, it's always San Ramon native Austin Matthews. How long did you live there? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, how long? <laughs> we, you know, oh. <clears throat> yeah, see, and that's that segueing into things like that that's what always annoys me about um rosters they have birthplace it's like that's the most insignificant thing ever yeah it's like you should have hometown and what they say their hometown is huh not to canadians it's not insignificant come on i mean when you associate when you associate Steve Eiserman, what do you think of instantaneously? Cranbrook. <laughs> yeah, you're you're the you are quite literally you and I and maybe two other people are quite literally the only ones that do. <laughs> I mean, Joe Sackick, sure, yeah, because it's it's one of his damn nicknames, you know, Burnaby Burn Joe. Joe. Okay, you learned to play hockey there. I mean, everyone's looking for a way to claim uh, William Nylander. You know, he was born in Calgary, after all. Fast. And and I just had to look it up and see. Wait, what time of the year was Kasperi Kapanen born? And I was like, shoot, it was during the summer, so Raleigh can't claim him. Oh, that's right, because Sammy would have been. Sammy would have gone home for the summer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know what? I take that back. He could have been Hartford's own, because he's born oh. in '96. Oh, ooh. oh, oh, man, that, that, that's a new campaign we need to start. <laughs> the last great product from Hartford, Sammy Kapanen, mm-hmm. <laughs> or Kasperi. God, I did it again, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how many times I've listened to other people do it and go, I'm ha 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 ha, you screwed. Oh, shit, I did it too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Yeah, that should be listed as their as whatever hometown the player says is their hometown, not their birthplace. Well, and it's funny because the whole hometown hockey thing, right? And, and, and I'm I'm gonna completely sidestep the host of it because, yeah, um, mm-hmm. 
the whole concept of that is the hometown of these hockey players. Well, no, it's their birthplace, which is totally different for a lot of these guys. <laughs> you know, yes, so-and-so was born here. Yes, Steve Eiserman was born in Cranbrook. <laughs> no, that's not his hometown, right? No, that's not where he grew up. Not to mention, given the fact that, you know, the, the nepotism of the league grows and it's turning into a league of just a bunch of former players. Well, hell, yeah. they've been Sons all over Sons of former the players. Sons of former players, nephews of former players. Cousins. Mm-hmm. Second cousins. Yeah. So, and then not to mention, you know, you got kids in the U.S. that move up and play in the CHL. You've got kids that go off and play in USHL. You're just a pick a place and and claim it or or, or change it every week during pregame introductions where they list the hometown next to the big photo. Let's go all Monday Night Football style. Let, just let the the player pick whatever they want on any given day. God, I was sitting there laughing because you read my mind. I was just, let's do it like Monday Night Football where they just announce where they went to college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know this where, where they where went to they junior went. hockey. Exactly. No, where, no, no. no. I want to know where they went to primary school. <laughs> name name me your primary school. Nah, middle school because that's that's the last place they came from before they hit junior. Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. There, All right, there it name, is. Name the middle school and also one teacher they deserve to give an apology to. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Happen. Only one. <laughs> well, they got to change the teacher each week. Uh, I'm Patrick M. Meadowdale Middle School. Mr. Metzger, totally sorry about that calculus class. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm I'm sorry your your nephew is stuck playing for the Detroit Red Wings. (laughs) There's nothing I can do about it. I have zero influence in this stupid game. (laughs) Yeah, so instead of instead of their billets showing up, you know, the first time they get called to the NHL, it's you know, it's a roster of their their principal (laughs) Uh and faculty at the middle school, because that was (laughs) the last place they held roots before they started on this journey. <laughs> We'd like to thank the faculty and staff from Meadowdale Middle School. You know, as Patrick <laughs> takes the ice for his first NHL game. I think that's fair. <laughs> and there's the infamous Mr. Metzger, <laughs> eighth grade math teacher. He's 95 years old, but <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Oh, how do we get off on these <laughs> It's just what we do. Yeah, it really kind of is. Yeah. Just, you know, don't question it and accept. I would rather do that than not. Yeah, anyway. <clears throat> I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I was going to say I would rather do that than add to the din, the noise the genuflecting, the everything that's being done for Don Cherry this week like everyone else is doing. Oh, God. I will simply say that Hart Ryan Singh is freaking awesome. I don't care what language that man calls a hockey game in. He is far better than Jim Houston. Mm-hmm. 
I, I clearly don't listen to Houston enough, but I can't agree with that. Can or can't? <sighs> no, I can agree with the statement, but I my I feel like there is a vitriol for Jim Houston that I'm just I just haven't understood. It's, it's totally on my side. No. no, not totally on your side. There's a number of people. No, who there is. Like that is a very popular opinion. I I would say. Yeah, um, there's a from re- the, there's a reason from the northwest area of the continent, uh, or like north that. or se- or central west or I don't know. I forget how big the Yukon and the Pacific it's Northwest. Big. Most most of the people from the lower mainland would agree that they're part of the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, this is true. I and just liked him you. when he was a, a voice on the video games. Yeah, because he was less annoying when he did those. Yeah. And, and since we're here, I'll touch on the subject. I am sorry, James Sabolsky. You are a truly fantastic broadcaster. I had to turn off the commentary in NHL 20. Wait. Within the first game. Normally He's... with... Uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. He's doing the the the. He's the, doing the, the play, play by play for twenty. Yes, Ray Ferraro's still between the benches. Um, that's very the, weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I I know people that know him. He is a fantastic broadcaster in every other sense. I've heard him do play by play on the radio. I'm not a huge fan. But they had him go a little over the top for my taste in NHL 20. Mm. That's too bad. I I normally get through a game or two before I turn them off just because by the second game, you've heard all of the little phrases. You know, you've heard all the little twists because they have a finite amount of space to put all that audio on there. Um, And there's only so long you keep Doc in the booth saying all of his little catchphrases, waffle-boarded, skittered away, that kind of stuff. I couldn't even get through one game with James. I'm sorry. <laughs> and that's and and I hate saying that because it makes me miss Ferraro. And I just love Ray Ferraro. <laughs> Video game, live comment, I don't care. Blasting Steve Simmons on Twitter, I don't care. I just love Ray Ferraro. <laughs> oh, I do. Uh... Go ahead. All Go right. Ahead. We Let's need to do get it. it. Let's do it. All right. Screw the John Don Cherry conversation. I want to oh, get into the Jerry York conversation. The the, the Don Cherry stuff, I don't even want to touch. I am an old white guy. There is nothing I can contribute to this conversation. Exactly. Nothing. Other everything than good that, uh, Exactly. Everything that I would want to say has already been said and far more eloquent than I could have done. This stuff, let's go. Go. Fired up, if Mr. Clark. Jerry York was coaching in the CHL or in a North American professional league, no one would have said a damn thing about him co- actively coaching a game in the weekend. As opposed to he is coaching his team play instead of attending a Toronto Maple Leafs game where they got their asses kicked. Oh, and the, who and the freaking rings. who? And the pretty rings, and they could come, come out and, you know, it's the Hall of Fame game, Pat. It's the first dog and pony show of the Hall of Fame weekend. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no one gives a rat's ass about the dog and pony show except for the people that live in Toronto because it gives them something to do. Or gives them less, they get to focus less about what's happening on the ice with that godforsaken team versus, <laughs> oh, here's something to make us feel happy and celebrate. Look at this thing that we have in our city, the Hall of Fame. Everyone comes here to pay homage to the, our Hall of Fame. It is in Toronto, where the Hall of Fame is. The Hall of Fame for the greatest league in the world is in our city. But it's not for the greatest league in the world. It's for the world. Shush, 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 shush. Don't get into details, Cassie. It muddles things. It muddles things. Sorry, me too. Sorry. I mean, why would they have a present? Why would they have all the the rigmarole and pomp and circumstance at an NHL game? (laughs) They could easily just do the same damn thing at a Guelph Storm game, Mm -hmm. or or an Ottawa Generals game, or not Oshawa Generals, Ottawa 67. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Stop yelling! Stop yelling! (laughs) I'm sorry. That was on me. I mean, they could literally have them dog and pony their way around the entire province. No, no, they roll them out to an NHL game in Toronto where the Maple Leafs are playing. It must be the NHL Hall of Fame. These other people that come in, Nedimensky, not going to care about him anymore. Um, You know, that's just that's just placating. God. (sighs) And to call it idiotic. I wouldn't expect nothing less from a guy who makes stuff up for a living. Yeah. You said that out loud again. Yeah, and I don't care. <laughs> can't be. It can't be libel if it's true. Mm. <laughs> can't be slander if it's true. And we can correctly point to an entire article that he wrote and that was published that was fabricated. Mm-hmm. Only I just, uh, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, I will forever be indebted to literally everyone that came to his York's defense and just blasted Steve Simmons for that. That was the stupidest, I will say, that was the most idiotic thing anybody could have tweeted. Say, you know, really disappointed he didn't show up but understand you know it would have been great for to see him you know i wanted to see him that kind of thing but to call his decision idiotic oh jesus because his priority was his own team that he was coaching (laughs) it could be argued he should have you know hung it up a while ago and made himself available but that's a conversation for a different different episode but He was actively working with a really, really young roster, and the program has struggled. But this year, they're they're starting to put something together. Right. Right, and that's... And this is early in their season. I mean, we're we're only in the third weekend of play. This is not, you know, it's not like they're playing a 60-game schedule in the CHL. Like, let's say, for whatever reason, Warren Reichel happened to be going into the you know hall of fame as a builder because of everything he did you know with the past franchise mm-hmm. and he has just taken over the barry colts from dale Howarchuk as he deals with his cancer battle is he expected to leave a team that he just is getting used to that he's been around for i don't know less than six weeks 
if he were to be inducted in the Hall of Fame? Hell no. Will no. he be there on Monday where there are no games and the actual ceremony in the Hall takes place? Yeah. That's the key, right? Because Jerry key. York is probably going to be there on Monday. Oh, he is. He's, oh, he's... oh, oh, he is. No, no one thought to, to mention that at all. No, I, no, totally. Everyone other than Steve Simmons has mentioned it. Exactly. <laughs> and and it's the scheduling thing that he who I shall no longer name fails to comprehend. Like you brought it up, <clears throat> the CHL starts in late September. Mm-hmm. Plays. 65, 60, is it? It's 65, isn't it? Yep. Games that are spread out because they're they're high school kids, right? So they've got classes to attend to. But by and large, it's a bus league. Yeah. You know. And uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Schedules are made after um, the Hall of Fame inductees are announced in June. No, yes. no. Yeah, yeah. 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 No. Uh-huh. Sure. It, it, it happens well before that. Yeah, exactly. It, you deal with the collegiate, which is even more compressed. It's not a bus league, and they tend they tend to play exclusively Friday and Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah, and very rarely are depending on the depending on the school and the and everything you know and the proximity to the other schools. Well, you get a Wednesday game, but come on, I mean just. Give me a freaking break. And, and I'm sure Jerry York, who has his hand in making a team schedule every year because, oh, NCAA, for, for all its faults, um, as an organization, the coaches have a lot more work to do than, yeah. you know, than all the hockey men in these professional clubs or semi-professional clubs, as I will call the CHL, at least in Ontario. Um where there aren't 20,000 assistants who can help do this. Like, no, the coaches actually have to make the schedule partially themselves with their director of hockey operations, like a two-man show. So I'm and sure Jerry York went out of his way to make sure he was as far away from Toronto this weekend as possible because you couldn't play that in, that great NCAA po- power. Wait, wait, did they have teams that he could have played against up in Ontario? <laughs> well, there is the Canadian collegiate system i think cis clay yes where they play preseason games in 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 early october i i think the system is doing jerry york a disadvantage because they didn't move this game up this hall of fame weekend up just for him so the nhl screwed a college coach is what you're saying yeah they didn't they didn't they didn't look at his schedule before committing him to an event which they knew he couldn't attend yeah hmm God, it sounds like the last band I was in. Um, <laughs> no, I'm being dead serious. So, so uh, it's just the sake of let's let's find something to get outraged by when it's no big deal. Like no one gives a rat's ass who who's there for a Toronto Maple Leafs game. And to stand there at center ice and show off their their rings and and shake Lanny McDonald's hand. Well, it's not even yeah. like avoiding the Hockey Hall of Fame. It's avoiding Toronto. Dear God. Which, it's, <laughs> it's, you know what? Maybe he didn't want to be associated with the stink that <laughs> the Maple Leafs left. You know, he's, he's, you know, they always say, you know, to establish a winning culture, you have to, you know. So if he's trying to rebuild that program in such a way, he just didn't want any of it rubbing off on him. Mm-hmm. 
It's like this this is a pro game. Don't pay attention to these guys. Yeah, don't don't whatever you do, do not look at what the maple leaves are doing. Do not <laughs> look at what the maple leaves are doing. There's about one game a year I, with the Maple Leafs that I'd like to be involved in, and that is the their um, school kids day where they do like a 2 p.m. weekday game and they invite a bunch of school kids. Oh, the kind of like the baseball they have the getaway day games. Yes, getaway. That that is the perfect. That brilliant. I would be all over that. I I would attend that game. You know, if it were feasible. I don't know how they draw their attendance for that. That's about the only time I would ever want to go to a Leafs game. Um, I, 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 I have been to a Leafs preseason game. In Toronto? At, yes, yes, <laughs> at the Air Canada Scotia Center, at the Air Can, at the Canadian Airline. At the bank truck. It, it's at, just a bank at, truck. At the bank plane. Um, it was the Air Canada Sentry when I was there. Um. With the hopes of seeing one Sir Jackalus Eichel. Um, that was the year after he was drafted. So I happened to be in town and landed tickets. And that's an experience I'm not sure I would wish on anyone. But again, I think everyone needs to experience. Just because it's, yeah, okay, so all of the things that we hear are true. <laughs> Because yeah, hey bud, yeah, yeah bud, ha, ha, yeah, hey bud, yeah, hey bud, oh, God, it was so thick around me. I'm just, oh, it was epic. Yeah, bud, oh, yeah, hey bud, oh, look at, oh, look at, Mar- yeah, look at Marinson, yeah, hey bud. God. <laughs> Every Ontario hockey boy stereotype played itself out in front of me in that arena. And it was packed. I mean, God love him. It was Absolutely packed for a preseason game. Probably the only time you get tickets. Uh, for some people, yeah. Unless they head down to Buffalo. Um, and then I got I got the pleasure of um, running into a couple of people who are for Buffalo Media and telling them to pass on my sincere angry um, to the coaching staff that Eichel didn't play. Mm. <laughs> I, I wanted... I, <laughs> I, I've made it a point to try and see those exciting prospects or exciting draft picks at least one time live throughout the years, you know, and most obviously because of where I live, it's just, okay, they're playing. I'll go up to a game in Vancouver and see them when I can. And I, um, I already had, I already had trips planned to go see McDavid. I was going to actually see him twice on, on one road trip, but I wanted to see Eichel just cause. You know, I want to see in person because the TV doesn't do it justice, right? And the the articles never do it justice. I just like to be in there to see the nerd in me. So that's um that's one I'm hoping I can get to before Seattle has a franchise because I don't want to go see him in my hometown because then it just looks weird. <laughs> I'm the only guy in there in a Sabres 9 jersey. Hey, what's up? Where are you from? Here. <laughs> are you a Sabres? Ah, I'm just, you know, I, uh, shut up. <laughs> hey, <laughs> squirrel! And run away really quickly. <laughs> I've got go, go, gooey ducks. jerseys. I'm going to wear them. <laughs> go, go, gooey ducks. And then run away really quick. <laughs> I think what you could do is that, you know, you buy a season ticket, 
But every every game you you're wearing an opposing team jersey. Oh my god! So so yeah, we we have a um, well I, when I say we, it's one of my associates down here in Carolina. We have uh, a list of players we just irrationally hate on each team. An irrational love uh, roster where you just have their jersey, one one from every team. Mm-hmm. And you can still cheer for the home team, but you can get away with this in Seattle for the first three years because then you could sit there and say, oh, well, I mean, we just got a team and I've had all these jerseys, so I'm going to wear them. Yeah. I've been a fan for 40 years of the sport. <laughs> of the sport. Of the sport. Well, and, I mean, I, and you know what? I would do it after three years. I would, if I'm going heel, I'm going heel. I'm full heel all the way through the entire seven years that they're here before they move. Did I say that out loud again? Shit. Seven. Wow. Well, then, I instead of just players that you like, I, I highly recommend alternate jersey night, 40, 41 uh, nights a year. Oh, I've... I'm sitting there looking at my closet right now going, uh, da, 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 I might be able to do it. <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple from teams I can't stand that I would have to pick up. <laughs> Anaheim. Um, <laughs> but I could probably, I could pull, I, you know, I could break out some of the old alternates too. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Okay, so that brings me up with a question. I have a question. On this plan. Please, before I spend all my money. <laughs> And I'm building a house, so I have none of it. <laughs> Rebuilding a house. Um, no, I'm building one. <laughs> okay, so so my question ties into what we were just talking about. If you could go see anybody play their rookie year, anybody, who would it be? Follow us on Twitter at 3B3 Podcast. This has been the 3B3 Podcast, sponsored by Nobody.